their job is really to 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 make sure that this person has been qualified for which which kind of home and what area and all those kinds of things that they're looking for be able to get them the answers that they need uh, in a timely manner because because the other thing that happens to salespeople in the sales office is they end up in meetings a lot right they'll they'll be with a customer and they'll spend a lot of time with that potential customer showing them around helping them understand and they may not be able to check their email for two or three hours you know at a time where they have these gaps where, where they're not there Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got part two of our interview with... Greg Bray, president and co-owner of Blue Tangerine, a full-service digital marketing agency specializing in home builders and uh, other specialty retail. Um, Greg, where we were left off on part one, you talked about this idea of how many folks have a good business, maybe they're doing a, f- a few million dollars a year from their local reputation and kind of the word of mouth and handshakes ha- has got them to a certain level, but that if they want to double or triple that business, you know, it's, it's often going to take more than that and that those extra customers might be online. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about this idea of rethinking a website um, from being maybe less of a sales brochure and more of a lead generation platform and business platform for folks? Sure, absolutely. Now, now you're hitting the stuff near and dear to my heart here, Jeff, so I appreciate that. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of what we do, I, I think. Well, we should, we should back up and tell people that you're not originally a marketer, but you've come into it. Can you give us just the, the one-minute background, and then we'll... Yeah, so, so for me, I'm, I'm a computer science major, right? So I, I'm, I started out on the development side, um, and just kind of, you know, right when I was finishing school, this internet thing was just kind of taking off, you know, some, some people who, who may remember, you know, Netscape as a browser and, and some of the, I mean, that's, that's where I cut my teeth <laughs> you know, is, is doing um, work, work way back then. And, and, but I've always loved the business side of it. And I've always felt like one of my strengths is being able to match technology with business needs and requirements and be able to help business people understand why a particular technology is or is not a good fit for them. And so that's grown into the whole idea of not just creating a website, but then helping our clients actually know how to use it in their business and make sure it's a valuable business tool for them. I love it. So, um, well, and actually, we're going to keep detouring. I want you to talk about this idea of like, you've got this great technical skill, um, but when it came to actually helping customers get the most out of it, you've, you know, you've spent all these years adding marketing skills on top of that that programming abilities. Can you talk about some of that transition or what that kind of ongoing learning learning has looked like for you? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I did, I did end up, you know, with a, with a business degree, you know, on top of that, got, got the MBA to try and help me, um, you know, mix and match that as well. But, but just really the internet as a whole has kind of two, two from a business standpoint, there's, there's two ways that, that most companies tend to use it. And they first start with the marketing side. You know, a, a website is our online brochure. It's our, our, um, our message to the world about who we are and what we do. And then, of course, the, the other side to that is, is kind of the online application development where, where we're building software that runs online, you know, whether that's software that runs our business or, or we subscribe to a lot of those services now 
you know, and that's become a pretty common thing. But, but uh, you know, again, most businesses, when they think about the internet and their website, they're thinking about marketing. And so in order to even begin to help somebody create a website, we have to understand what they're trying to do from a marketing standpoint. What's their message? Who's their audience? How does that audience um, interact with them? What types of questions do they have? What's, what's their reason for even wanting the product that's being offered? All of those types of marketing questions are things that, that we have to ask our clients and understand in order to advise them effectively. And so, of course, I, I, I learned those things, you know, and, and I had a, a mentor along the way who, who ran an advertising agency that came to us to help with some of their clients. And, and he helped me, you know, see his view of the world a little more and understand what he was trying to do for them and, and how that would all fit together. And so, so that was a great opportunity for me. But it's also one of those journeys where you have to step back and say, okay, what am I good at and and what am I okay at? And and I'm okay at a lot more things than I'm really good at. I'm not really good at a lot of things. <laughs> so so you have to kind of decide where you're going to go. And so that's one reason why, you know, about three years ago, I ended up merging with my current business partner, Eric, who who came from the marketing side and and he was doing a lot of, you know, he came from catalog and e-commerce world and was doing a lot of um, advising on, on websites from an e-commerce standpoint, but he didn't have the technical skills. He wasn't the one building it. So he, his agency needed help building and my agency needed help, um, you know, helping people understand how to use the site in the ongoing basis. And so it really became an obvious great way to, um, come together and offer that together. We, we met through a joint client that we ended up both working for and, and got to know each other that way. And, and it really has been a, a great move to, again, recognize, hey, I could figure this out. I could learn all this, but I'm busy doing what I'm, I'm better at. And, and he had the same thing. And so let's lean on each other instead of trying to learn and become an expert in everything myself. Yeah. Well, um, so let's get back to this this original thought here. Thanks for sharing that. When, when you think about how many folks, um, they are good enough at their business that, you know, the handshakes and word of mouth makes a few million bucks and they pay their staff and get to bring home some good money, but they want to make great money. And, you know, that strategy has its limits. Um, thinking about this idea of, of having a website, you know, become more of a buyer's guide or become more of a lead generation or become more of a, a platform for automating business um, elements. Um, when, when you think specifically about lead generation, what are principles that you use with the home builders that can apply in any industry? I think, um, there's, there's a couple of key aspects there. The, the first one is we need with a website to tell the visitor what you want them to do. You know, uh, so many times we just throw everything they could possibly ever ask Adam on the website. And that just, becomes a little bit of a, they, they have to go hunting, you know, figuring out as opposed to kind of pulling them through the process. All right. And, and again, we do that with, you know, calls to action, like sign up for our newsletter or register for this event or, um, you know, talk to someone to answer your questions, or maybe now it's the online chat tools that are becoming very popular. Um, lots of different ways that we call them, you know, capture points or, or lead capture points that you can get information. The, if you are in a lead generation business where your website's goal is to get you a lead as opposed to e-commerce where you're doing a sale, right? The, the lead generation business, your whole goal of your site is to get them to give you contact information so you can have a conversation. Um, and, and sometimes we try too hard to make the website do everything. 
and then and we lose sight of what it is we're really trying to do. We we need to be able to to talk to them now. Again, it's going to de- depend a little bit on on your product or service as to how far in that decision making process the website can take them. So so that's the first one. Tell them what to do. Help them understand how to move through that process. The the other big mistake that we see all the time is the idea that that people assume that a customer is going to work through their website in, in what I call a logical order starting at the homepage. Um, and that's really not what happens uh, with the typical web route. Most people are, unless they already know your name and they're, and they're coming to your site because they've heard of you some other way, if they're out there doing search engine um, searches you know, with Google or whatnot, they are most likely not starting on your homepage. They're they're seeing some other page. And when we look at analytics for our clients, we see a lot of times this idea, well, the homepage is the busiest page, and that's usually true. But when you really look closer, it's usually somewhere between 15 and 25% of your traffic that's on the homepage that starts on that homepage. And so you think about 20%, that means 80% of your traffic is starting on some other page of the site. Um, And so what you need to understand is that every single page needs to stand alone in that ability to sell and pull them to the next step. So what, in that yeah, process. What, what's an example? Is it having a lead capture form on the bottom of the page? Is it, uh, t- you know, if we get granular on that, what, what might that look like in a yeah. couple of different forms? Yeah. So, so for example, from a home builder standpoint, um, right, somebody does a search and they're looking for, um, you know, four bedroom home in, you know, such and such location. Right. And so all of a sudden the first page on your site they're looking at is, you know, a model page that lists a particular four bedroom home. Uh, At that point, you know, do you make it really clear where this home is located so they can tell, you know, that it's in the area they're looking for? Or do you make them have to search for a map somewhere else on the site? You know, do, do you make it clear that if they want more information, here's the form. Now that form doesn't necessarily have to be on the page. You know, it can be, it can be links as long as they're prominent and not, you know, lost in the, in the noise of, you know, a hundred different links. Um, but the idea being that what changes when that's the first thing they see, and as opposed to the idea that you assume that, well, they already picked their location, so they already know where this is, and they already picked the community, so they already know where this is by the time they get to this model page. And so you don't tell them anything about location on the model page. Um, again, it's just kind of a simple example. Uh, but but this idea that what what is different if they're looking at this and this is the only page they see, because again, our, our internet users' attention spans are short, really short, and I think they're getting shorter. And and so the idea that they're going to work hard to find the information is is not true. They're, if they can't see it, they're moving on because they've got a whole list of Google search results that they can still click on. And, and go to the next one. So you've got you've to give them what they're looking for uh, on each page. Did, did I hit the answer there, Jess, or did I get sidetracked? Sure. Um, so thinking about what, you know, like I think about my internet browsing and, and how much I think twice before putting my email because I know they're just going to spam me with a bunch of junk, right? Sure. When you think about um, helping clients, you know, start putting themselves in the in the web surfer's shoes, you know, and thinking like, what is truly so valuable that it's worth the risk of getting spammed over? You know, what, I mean, what do you, what do you teach them? What are analogies you use? How do you help them get to the point of realizing like, no, we need, we need to give 
or, or what are examples of giving them so much value they're willing to risk getting spammed for that ebook or that, you know, whatever they're offering? Right. Well, well, first of all, spam is a, is a very bad word. So let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. People, people hesitate to give up their personal information. You, you've got to, you've got to sell them on why they should. Now, one, one thing that we see again, kind of dovetailing back to, to the home builder experience, something that, that will give uh, people a reason to um, give up their email is of course, if they're really interested in talking to somebody, um, but but even more so before they're at that point is if you can have them make a connection um, with your product. And in the case of a builder, we see tools like interactive floor plans that can be customized. So so when someone takes time to to customize a floor plan and determine you know whether they want you know the three car garage or the bay window or you know some of these structural options. Or, you know, and some of the ones um, out there also have things like furniture planning tools where they can see, well, does my couch fit in this room and some of that. So they do that kind of work and then they want to save it and come back to it. They're, they're going to give up their information because they've made an investment there, you know, along yeah, the same lines. It's interesting, this idea of letting them do that before asking for anything, right? You know, the we get hammered in the business media about trying to capture that information all the time, but... But really, like, I mean, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, the more you let them do that, where there is no risk, there's no having to put personal information or log in or any of this kind of hurdles, right? Then they've all of a sudden they've got that sunk cost into it that they don't want to give up, right? Yeah. Anytime you can find something for them to do that they are going to want to save and come back to, um, that that's really powerful. You know, whether that's creating, you know, kind of a little wish list or a favorites feature so they can especially for, for a larger builder that has more options, you know, more communities and, and things to look through. If you can, you know, save those out um, and, and allow someone to, to remember what they were looking at. Well, of course you're going to need to create some kind of an account and, and don't just let them pick some random, you know, username, make them use their email address as their username, you know, because that way you've got that from a, from a communication standpoint. And frankly, it's easier anyway for people to remember um, you know, if they use their email address, because how many different usernames have you created across the council? Oh my gosh, if I didn't never have, remember them. Yeah, if know. I didn't have LastPass, right? <laughs> okay. Well, um, can we talk more about um, something you were bringing up earlier? So, so folks who, especially maybe their industries in transition, or they just want to grow beyond kind of where their system has its limits, and and they kind of want to do this integration of like, instead of having sales and marketing be church and state you know, they want marketing to legitimately lead to sales or having salespeople um, using this marketing materials as sales enablement tools, or you want to retrain the sales team on, you know, reacting to a lead you got offline differently than, you know, somebody you uh, met for lunch, right? Any, any thoughts there about helping, you know, retrain the mindset of a team and specifically a sales team on how to really take full advantage of this type of lead gen? Sure. And, and, and for the record, you know, I'm, I'm not a sales trainer and there's some great ones out there that, that I've listened to, but, but really from my perspective, the, the heart of, of what is happening right now, where I see, you know, the successful salespeople in, in the industry is, is the idea that, you know, when that lead walks in, you've got to recognize how much work they've already done and, and how real they are. And, and even before they walk in, um, you know, when you get an email, sometimes that doesn't feel real to a person. 
that, oh, is this just someone just kind of kicking the tires or checking things out uh, or, or whatever? And, and the idea that this online lead is so real. What, one of the things that's growing in the builder industry is this idea of what we call an online sales counselor. And, and this is a, a different kind of, of sales role for a lot of the builders than they're used to. And again, it's, it's been around, it's not brand new. It's been around for a few years now, but there's still a lot of builders who, are, who haven't quite uh, grasped it. And, and this person's entire job is to take online leads and schedule appointments with them for a salesperson to meet with them. Um, and so, so they're, they're the ones that are running kind of the chat on the website, for example, or they're responding to the emails that come in and, and such. And so, um, and they're typically not compensated from a commission standpoint, but they're more compensated from a, you know, per appointment that is kept. Um, idea. So is, this, so is this typically a third party service or is this a new hire? How are they doing this? Um, a, a lot of them have found there, there are some third party services that, that try to offer that, but they struggle with the product knowledge depth um, when you do that, as opposed to someone who's, who's in your company who can really get to know your product and, and such. Um, and, because often somebody say, well, hey, I really like this particular house. Uh, plan, but you know, I want to be over here and you've got to have somebody who can say, Oh, well, we have this in this community. Have you looked at that one? You know, as opposed to, you know, it's not available in the community that, that you're asking about for whatever reason. Um, and so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely some people that try to, to outsource that and, and it can certainly work. Um, but it's going to depend a little bit on the size of the builder and the traffic that they've got. Yeah. So if you had the quick checklist, let's say there's somebody saying, you know, I see all those online chats and I used to think they were dumb, but now I've actually used it a couple of times and I actually like it, you know, because it's just so efficient to get the answers I wanted quick. Any kind of uh, mm -hmm. just guidelines for people who might be looking to, you know, bring on a team member who can get that subject matter expertise of, of our product or our service? Um, and is it, well, I should cl clarify, is it primarily via chat or what's the mechanism? Um, so it's going to, again, there's certainly plenty um, of builders who do not have chat at all um, because they don't have anybody to sit there and, and answer it. And of course, that, that gets us into a whole nother discussion about some of the new technologies with artificial intelligence and chat bots and some of those things that are coming, you know, to where the computer can, can handle the chat. But that's probably a little beyond our discussion today. Um, but uh, the idea that that it's not just chat, it's also people that are, the, everyone who submits that, that email you know, request information form and is asking questions is, is a candidate for that online sales counselor to work with. Um, and again, trying to, their, their job is really to, to, to make sure that this person has been qualified for which, which kind of home and what area and all those kinds of things that they're looking for, be able to get them the answers that they need uh, in a timely manner. Because the other thing that happens to salespeople in the sales office is they end up in meetings a lot. Right. They'll, they'll be with a customer and they'll spend a lot of time with that potential customer, showing them around, helping them understand. And they may not be able to check their email for two or three hours you know, at a time where they have these gaps where, where they're not there. And in today's world, people want an answer back in email fast. You know, two business days to turn around an email answer is, is not OK anymore. Um, especially in a uh, consumer oriented customer service type of, of scenario. And, and so that's where having the salespeople 
um, who are also doing other things like meeting with buyers, um, answering emails of that nature becomes a, an, an additional challenge is just because of the time lag that can happen there. So having someone who that's their job is to be having those conversations. And, and again, it doesn't mean that you can always be, be instantaneous. You know, people, you know, are on the phone with one person at a time. You know, we still can't talk very effectively to multiple people on, on different phone calls. Um, but maybe someday we'll figure that out. Um, but, so, but that's really part of it is that response time. Yeah. So let's say you've got somebody who's understanding the priority of response time. Um, is there a, you know, is there a plugin you prefer for the chats? Um, we don't recognize or, or recommend a specific uh, chat provider for generic chat. There's a lot of them out there now, um, and there's pros and cons to all of them. Um, you know, from a from a chat bot standpoint, there's some interesting things. There's a company called Atlas RTX, which is doing some really fascinating things with the artificial intelligence side of chat. And, and helping people, again, let the computer give um, those responses back. I don't know, just have you run into a chat bot yet in your, in your efforts to use chat? Um, no, I, I, no, I had one. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I've, I've responded back and forth with them. Um, the, the one that I actually thought, the one that's actually like converted me and not thought of it as just gimmicks was this guy uh, for our marketing, you know, for the media arm here for Myland Media, we were always looking at what's out there and there's, a guy offering a specialty course on color grading for really high-end video, you know, so you can make it look mm -hmm. like the movies. And uh, he had an AI chat uh, sequencing going on actually off a Facebook ad that was actually helpful and informative and uh, kind of persuasive. And even though I knew like about three, three exchanges back and forth, I knew I was talking to a computer. It was so helpful. I kept going for it, you know? So exactly, that was the first time it wasn't just cheesy gimmicky for me. Yeah, I, I ran into one where I was trying to had a, an issue with uh, my refrigerator. I was trying to do some research on parts and, and I was three questions in before I realized it was a computer, you know, that was that was answering the questions because I was getting the answers I needed, you know, and, and of course, you can't a computer can't answer all the all the questions. And there's a time where there needs to be that handoff. But, but again, if, if you can answer the basic ones immediately, that's powerful. Um, you well, know, people expect that. And I just think response. back to this idea of like most websites are just a sales brochure. No wonder people don't spend a ton of time on our sites. We're just trying to cram our stuff down their throat, right? It's trying to be useful to us. Whereas if you can build a website that's more like a buyer's guide, that's helpful to them, you know, that's not just um, shoving the things in their face that we want them to see that's actually answering the questions they want answered. Well, then you can build trust. Then you can, you know, earn that, earn that trusted advisor relationship where they might actually talk to one of your people. Right. And so, um, you know, having like way more exhaustive FAQ sections, possibly with videos or those kind of things, you know, you see the folks that do that, people love those websites and they pass them on to their friends because you can actually get answers without like going through the online forums and all the questionable yelling back and forth and you can't decide who's right, you know? Um, right. So if you had a bit of, you know, I'm just on this atlasrtx.com right now looking at it, you know, I can see if you had some of this and I, I would probably want it backed up by a human, right? But Oh, they absolutely recommend that for sure. Yeah, for sure. but you have something like this where people are getting um, just kind of like straightforward answers quickly instead of like sales pitchy answers, right? And you've got a human to take over, whether on chat or emailing back and forth, who's 
primary goal again is not to get them or get the sale. It's just to be of, you know, to be of so much service that they're willing to set an appointment. I mean, there, there's a lot of logic there for me. And plus your salespeople won't hate your internet leads that feel like a waste of time. If, if there's some, you know, if there's some lead scoring that happened in front of it, right? Exactly. And it's, it's also just simply about recognizing that today's consumer wants those answers quick, you know, and, and, and if they can't find what they're looking for, they move on. And, and so you've, you've got to, you know, give them a way to, to get that information, you know, fast. It's, it, it may not be fair, right? We're trying, we're trying so hard to be, to be good in business and, and get, you know, responses to people and such, and, and they just won't wait for it to, to have a thoughtful response, but it's kind of the, the way our society is headed right now. I love it. Well, um, you know, we don't have enough time to go into it now, but uh, I, I know that you do this stuff yourself with your webinars and, and actually throwing a summit and inviting people from more than just your company to speak at it. And, and you're actually living this yourself. So it's nice to get advice from people. It's not just a theory. Um, I know we, I know at the end of part one, we, we uh, had you get out your contact info for, but for anybody who missed it, if they want to talk more about this kind of stuff or get your guys' expertise, um, do you want to tell them the best places to reach you? Yeah, again, our, our website is bluetangerine.com. Uh, and my email address is greg, G-R-E-G, at bluetangerine.com. And happy to uh, to connect with folks. You can also find me on LinkedIn, of, of course, but email is probably the, the fastest way to, to get connected. Yeah. And can you give people kind of a flavor of what, you know, what some of these webinars are about or, or stuff they can get? Yeah, so so we've just done most recently we did one on geofencing and and helping our our clients and prospects understand how geofencing as a new marketing tool might fit into their marketing plan. Um, then did one recently on website accessibility, trying to help people understand um, some of the growing trends there and and challenges that are happening. You know, with some of the legal environment. That's a, a whole long discussion for another day. Um, but uh, also, you know, we've we just did last uh, fall our first um, Home Builder Digital Marketing Summit that we hosted and had a great time with that. And we're working on um, the next the next version of that. What, when's that going to be? Uh, probably going to be the end of April in 2020. Um, we don't we don't have the the final date pinned down yet. Still still working out some logistics of location and and such. Uh, but hope to have that um, you know information out there pretty soon. Uh, so that people can can uh, start looking and, and pay attention because and will that be in Florida or where will that be? Um, this one we're going to be in Phoenix this time. Uh, okay. We'll be in you know we've got a, a partner there, Outhouse, that uh, wants to help us in, in their local, so so they're going to uh, you know help us with that piece and and give us a different part of the country than we usually talk to. Yeah, well, and I feel like we should give a a shout out to our mutual friend Josh Steinley for for getting us connected in his you know, seven systems mastermind group. And, uh, there, there's a guy who understands the internet, huh? Yeah, definitely. Josh is, Josh is great. Um, I, I love the things that I'm learning from him and, and highly recommend, uh, you know, anyone who's, who's interested in, in kind of improving their, their personal, you know, brand, so to speak, or, or their ability to communicate their message. You know, Josh has got some great information on that. That's great. Well, thanks for making time for us today. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Love to do it again. Great. Bye everybody.